Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Morning, morning, morning. How are you all? It's um, a real privilege to be part of a, a church like this, hey? I don't know if you saw the sign behind there, uh, everyone. Imagine a group of people gathering in Amsterdam to talk about how to reach everyone on earth. Um, that's the heart behind this church. Um, evangelism, reaching the lost, and then discipling um, the reached as well. So just incredible to know that Wayne is, is impacting in Utrecht this morning, and we're here. Um, and uh, David's interview really sets up what we're going to be doing today. Um, we've had two brilliant... Uh, sermons already in the series. So if you're joining us for the first time, this is part three, and uh, you're going to want to go back and watch part one and part two online. Um, Wayne kicked us off, and uh, as you can see from what he said in that in that um, series, is the premise of his sermon was that ministry is not reserved for full-time church workers, but ministry is for the saints. And who are the saints? It's us. Uh, and so ministry is about serving. It's about recognizing the fact that we are partners with God and that we walk in the authority of the kingdom um, and that we've been given a, a special role to play in partnering God to bring his kingdom to earth, no matter where you are. Uh, and so we are all ministering in our own unique way. Um, and his um, sermon really encouraged us that ministry is about reaching the lost. It's about discipling the reached and it's about and encouraging those that are, are discipled to, to make an impact for his, for his kingdom. And uh, the heart of this church is that we want to have lots of stories of ministers making a difference uh, in the world. The point about Sunday is to come back for edification and for encouragement and for feeding together on the word. Um, church is not about this event. Um, church is about what happens in all of the hours that sit outside of this little window of 9 to 11. This is just the recalibration, the refocus, the, the gathering together. But the ministry, it really happens out there. Um, and so if you're here and you think your life lacks purpose, well, you don't have to worry about that because as from this very minute, your life has purpose. You're called to, to partner with God, um, who was the creator of the world and the creator of you. Um, and as Asipe then took us into week two, she reminded us that as we push into our relationship with God, that um, He reveals more about the way that He crafted us. Um, and uh, we know that, that God doesn't make rubbish, eh? Um, and so we are His workmanship. And uh, Asipa told us or, or, or encouraged us to find our shape, right? And uh, that was, if I remember, spiritual gifts. Um, so the gifts that God has given you. He's deposited unique things into each and in, in every one of us. We're not the same. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so we get to leverage the diversity that God's put into. And that's the incredible thing about God. When you meet people, when you meet your brothers and sisters uh, in the faith, and you just go, wow, look how uniquely God made you. Uh, and uh, my uniqueness and your uniqueness, we get to work together to make a, make a big difference. H was all about the heart, the purpose um, behind that. Um, a was, uh, help me out here, Sipe. A was the abilities uh, that God has given us, our personality, the way that God has wired us, that was the P. Um, and then our experiences, all the experiences that we've had, good and bad, God can use to bring His glory here onto to earth. Uh, and so I'll step up here after following some pretty power sermons. Thank you, Asipe. Thank you, Wayne. 
Um, but I've got a pretty cool job today because all I'm going to be doing is I want to be encouraging us to step into our ministry. Um, but I'm not going to throw a bunch of, of theory at you. I'm going to throw a bunch of stories at you um, this morning about people that are uh, living in their ministry just like David, as we heard um, this morning. And uh, I really have a firm belief that the power of story is the story that starts in you. So as you listen to their stories, as, you, as, you, as we go through their stories, may something just activate in you this morning. In fact, let's pray that God, I pray for dormant um, visions in this church, that they'll be made alive this morning. Um, I pray for clarity this morning of purpose. Um, and I pray for the veil to be lifted. Uh, for people to see how wonderfully and fearfully they are made, um, that they may begin to see that past experiences uh, are, are, are actually a part of their ministry um, and that they will be able to stand on that foundation and make a significant impact for you. But ultimately, Father, that we may all see this, this morning that we are just loved so graciously by you and that we are empowered by you through your Holy Spirit and through your grace to partner with you. And may we get excited and stand in awe at that reality that the, the King of Kings um, is jealous for us and wants us to work together with, with him to, to, to bring kingdom um, onto earth, Lord God. Right, I just want to just frame this. So we're going to look at Hebrews 10 first. Um, and Hebrews 10 says this, Therefore, brothers... Since we have confidence to enter the holy place, places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance, a full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love um, and good work, and love and good works, and, and not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And you'll see in that scripture, there's a couple of let us's. It says, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith. And just like Asipa said last week, let us draw near to God. That is always the premise of whatever we are called to do in God is it starts with drawing near to Him and staying near to Him, holding on to Him, um, being with the Father, the intimacy with the Father. And that's the beauty about the gift that God gives us is He gives us the gifts of righteousness, which means that we can enter confidently into relationship with Him. And we can learn more about Him and we can learn more about ourselves and we can learn more about what it is that He calls us to do on this earth. And so let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith um, and then it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. And that's the beauty about God is He calls us into a space that we can, we can move confidently into each day because of our relationship with Him. Full assurance uh, of our faith, um, uh, the full confession of our hope without wavering. And then let us consider to stir up one another to love and good works. But part of the reason why I wanted to share the scripture is because it's in the book of Hebrews. And you know that in Hebrews 11, we start to hear about our forefathers and mothers that have gone before us. We call it the wall of faith. And it talks about the, the many men and women that have done significant things for the kingdom, have operated in their ministry to bring the kingdom to earth. And so what we have to understand is that we are sitting right now, or we are alive right now, as a part of a broader timeline. 
that God has been working out since the beginning of time. And right now we are picking up the baton and we are stepping into the arena and we are continuing the work that has gone before us. God has laid a foundation for us that we may stand on and that we may continue to, to work in so that we can then hold the, pass the baton to the generation to come behind us. And so in Hebrews eleven thirty two 32 to 40, it says this, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to fight. Sometimes we read that and go, wow, that was reserved for them. But what more can we say about Asipe and JR, all right, and all the, the incredible people in this church, all right? Brad and, and Gabs, and all, that, that, that through faith have conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, who were made strong out of weakness, and became mighty and war. It wasn't just reserved for a group of people that were special in the Bible back then, and we read about them now. It's like it's some sort of museum. This is the living word. They are the same as us. We are as qualified as them. And God will use us as mightily as He used them. And so we get to do all of these things. Women received back the dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves in the earth. And we need... We need to be clear on the fact that all of that was not in vain. That is the cost that they counted. That is the commitment that they had to the ministry, to the work of God on earth. They did that to set us up. They did that to bring kingdom to earth, and we pick up that baton. And when you read that, it's significant, it lands, it's, 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 it's deep that we are now in play. It's our time. And all of these though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. We will never see the full fruition or completion of what we hope for on earth. And we have to just accept that, that we will do the work of, 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 of the ministers, of the saints, but we will never see the full completion of what we hope to see on earth. But the next generation will pick it up, and the generation after them will pick it up. All of them died not seeing the full completion of what they wanted to see on this earth. But they lean in as we pick up the baton now and continue the work this morning. So we are part of this bigger picture. Our ministry is an extension of the many ministries that have gone before us. And as it says, ministry is not easy, hey? I'm not putting my hand up to be sawn in two. Quite like being one. But the reality is, is that ministry is not easy. But it's our turn to step in the arena. Will we step in? Or will we take the path of least resistance? Will we play it safe? Will we be conservative? Will we think small? The world needs us to step out in faith now. The world needs the church. The church is the solution. And we are the church. Which means that we are the solution. So I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people this morning. We asked them some questions. We asked them, what is your ministry? What is the impact that the ministry is making on earth right now. And then we ask them two other questions. What are some of the challenges that you face as you go about outworking your ministry on earth? 
And then why do you keep going? What motivates you? And so I'm going to start by just introducing the people that we, we, we ask these questions to, um, their ministry and the impact that it's making. And then what I've done is I've just extracted some of the key themes. When they spoke about the challenges that they faced and what motivates them, um, we all identify and, and, and really align with, with those as we hear what they are. Um, but ultimately, be encouraged by what they have to say. Um, as ordinary citizens of Durban, mostly, uh, like us, going to work every day, doing significant things. None of these people are, are famous or well-known or whatever it is. They are, are people like you and me that have met God, come into faith, and have stepped into their ministry. The first one you may know, hey, um, I, I want to just thank Trish. Um, this is quite a, 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 a big week, and Trish, um, I think, chased thousands of people for their picture and their, um, their, their questions. So thank you, Trish, for the, a lot of these examples have come from you. I really appreciate it. Salome Maswime, a former member of Every Nation, right? This is a, a, a beautiful woman. She's an obstetrician and gynecologist, but her current job is professor and head of global surgery at UCT. I'm just astounded at the talent that comes out of Every Nation. Um, the, uh, the, the amount of doctorates and um, academic, just, just this, this is a church of, of incredible talent. When I moved, and I'm, um, she's writing in the first person, when I moved into global health, God told me he was calling me to speak to nations. And literally, that is what it has been. If God says it, it will come to fruition. Positioning her in a global role because he needs her to speak to nations. I get to influence decisions and people in places across the world, working with students, academics, communities, and policymakers, divine appointments. And the beauty about that is that when we realize that we are in ministry and what we do, when we have an appointment where a, a person in the flesh would call it an appointment in the diary, we would call it a divine appointment. Because it's not just about whatever's on the agenda, it's about what's on the agenda of God as we step into that place. And so she walks into those meetings and into those moments with a different filter, looking beyond the natural into the supernatural. Yeah. I believe God wants us to be in strategic leadership um, um, positions to make decisions, sorry, that will advance his kingdom on earth. And so I do that in healthcare. Where are you right now? Your position is not a mistake. Right? And God needs us in those leadership positions. He needs us in those strategic positions because he has divine appointments for you this week. Amen. Often I meet people who need encouragement or a word in season. And when hearing a word, say to me, ah, you must be sent by God. That is what we want people to respond when we meet them. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. It was beyond the natural or supernatural. You must be sent yeah. by God. And so this is the privilege that we have, is that we get to have actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It's something quite significant, hey, that we get to walk beyond the natural and the supernatural. We can be in spa, buying baked beans. My daughters and I love baked beans. My wife can't get her head around that. Last night, my, my daughter said, why are there no baked beans in the stew? So it's a valid question. You can be meeting someone for coffee. You can be going to a boardroom meeting or whatever it is. But if we just open our eyes to the supernatural, what is God doing in that moment? And we get to operate in that. And this is something that we're maturing and we're growing. So thank you, Salome Maswime, for the work that you are doing. We're going to put these photos up just now and pray for them. 
Abigail Ellery. There's a lot that Abigail does here. She's a powerhouse, um, director of Enterprise Florida EFI, Africa Regional Office. But she just starts off by this thing of, I loved her heart, and I'll get to some of the practical things, but she says, my ministry, mission, purpose, passion, and destiny is to, first of all, wake up every morning, right? Be conscious of my identity as a daughter of God, co-heir of Jesus in his kingdom, with the all authority that heaven has been given to me. I live fully aware of God's presence through the Holy Spirit in me to be like Jesus and do everything Jesus did and more. Remember, he said that in his scripture, that you will do what I did and more. Isn't that amazing that God, that Jesus says that to us? I mean, he did some pretty incredible things, hey? And then he says to us, well, you're going to do that stuff and more. And more. And I'm going to empower you to do that. Jesus was all about the kingdom. He wanted to see his kingdom released. He talked about it all the same. He was also about doing only what he saw the Father doing. So I'm on a never-ending journey of revelation, understanding, and partnering with what the Father is doing. But what does that mean? Well, we have lots of people in our home. Having people in your home is a powerful act of God. Yes. She's just gone from talking about being fully aware of all authority and, and, and the purpose that she has. And then she says, well, I just have people in my home. That's ministry. It's serving. Not just for food, physical food, but for spiritual food as well. You can have people in your home and you can feed them. And as she says there, believers, non-believers, sharing meals, hearing stories, loving, listening, praying and encouraging. Involvement um, in Feet on the Street. Feet on the Street is, is, is a ministry um, that she has, a very practical ministry that goes out uh, onto the streets and they worship and they pray activation prayers all over Durban in South Africa to actively declare, prophesy, sing songs of deliverance, freedom, hope and healing and restoration over our people and lands. Can we invite people into our homes for meals? Absolutely. Can we get onto the streets and pray? Absolutely. That's ministry. It's serving. I love her heart for this. And then she says, I love equipping, empowering, and encouraging those who've got God dreams but no direction either with practical wisdom, prayer insights, safe space for processing or connecting them with opportunities. And then for our creatives in the room, ministry is also about I love using my words to release life over people and territories. And so I really rely on the Holy Spirit anointing for this. I go forth on earth as in heaven with anointed Holy Spirit words through speaking, creative writing, sending people notes, um, uh, declarations, prophetic insights, and resources that I share with the initiatives that she's involved in. You can be in ministry by encouraging people through the way that you write things to them. This is available to all of us, hey? hey? And this is someone that does her job every single day, and as far as I can see, is an incredibly busy woman who does a lot of incredible things. So thank you, Abigail, for serving in the faith. Stuart and Linda Morrison. These two are a real powerhouse. I'm very good friends with them. Linda is the founder of We Are Durban NGO. God placed me in a very logical head and heart for social justice. The call I received from God was to serve the servants. My focus is finding people who want to see change in our city, to come alongside them and serve, support, and see what they're able to carry on, go further, and reach new hearts within their charity work. Essentially, my organization is like Aaron and hers to Moses in Exodus. The longer and better the chariots of Durban can serve the poor, widow, and orphan, the more hope the individuals have and greater chance we have at, tra at transforming Durban. Sure. So she didn't create an NGO to make the difference on the, on, on, on the front line. She created the NGO to support those who were making a difference on the front line. Sure. 
And I remember when she formed that, I remember when she formed that, and she's still going. I mean, it's incredibly difficult work in the city, but she's doing it, she's getting stuck in. Stu, her husband is a personal trainer, he's a big guy. He's the, he's the guy that pushes you at the gym, you know? Um, but Stu for me is the epitome of someone who is continuously listening with a supernatural ear to what's going on. And again, I'm training you physically, but my actual ministry is training you spiritually. You may lift that weight, but what I'm listening for is something that's deeper it's in the heart. I'm not looking at the muscle, I'm looking at the heart, the real muscle that I need to impact. And so for Stu, his ministry is revealing Jesus through everyday normal life by living a normally supernatural lifestyle and making him known. I love how he says this, normally supernatural. I think that the issue is sometimes we go into a coffee shop, we go into a, a space, uh, a, a chicken, chicken licking or whatever it might be, right? And we're in there. All right, is that, and, and we, we've got our phones. Yeah. And when it, if, if you just tomorrow observe what people are doing inside shops is they, they're scrolling. I think what we've got to do is put our phone in the pocket and listen supernaturally to what's going, what's going on around us. Because maybe the, maybe the barista needs you. Maybe the barista needs you. Maybe there's a, a woman sitting at a table who, who needs you. And if we were listening more, God would prompt us. And that's what Stu does is he's going into the airport and he's just... God, who needs you here? I, I want to I find them. Don't worry about my flight. Don't worry about my phone. Don't worry about the, the distractions. I, I, I want to I find the person that needs you. I want to give them a word. I want to I encourage them this morning. That's what it means to, to be the church. You can minister walking between the entrance to the airport and your plane. It's not a full-time job that you have to create. It's what you do in everyday life. The most important one is that the sons of God are raised up who know their father and can be effective in living out the kingdom authentically wherever they are specifically positioned and called. And by identifying sons and seeing them release the kingdom is multiplied and advanced supernatural results. So thank you, Linda and Stu, for the incredible work that you are doing in the city. KC and Fulu Mapapuli, these are a little power couple, incredible couple here. Um, Fulu is in corporate training and coaching. So on the one hand, she gets to train and mentor young graduates, young professionals in the corporate space. Taking, I love that, taking them under my wing. Taking them under my wing and patiently. <laughs> All right, does she work with her youth? Eh? Patiently, patiently imparting the relevant skills that their roles require. I discovered this ministry when I was in university at His People Durban, now Every Nation Durban. This is a daughter of the house who's been impacted by those who led her and ministered to her. And this is such a good example of someone who's come into the church, found God, been discipled, and is now discipling. This is the multiplication that we're talking about. And at a time when I was being discipled and being trained to disciple others, this ministry gives hope to young professionals who have had doors shut on them by employees because of lack of experience. It also ensures the valuable expertise start getting transferred to the next generation. And then, not to stop there, financial coaching with the aim of seeing our communities attaining financial freedom. And she goes on to speak about the fact that we are royalty and that we have to be a good steward of the finances God blesses us with, learn to give and to be generous. And she has such a heart for the fact that the church is in so much debt. And her work is about how do I get the church out of debt by working with people, giving them financial intelligence, financial tools. She's doing this every day, out there in the work, um, Fulu, making a big difference. And then Casey, like the Bashes, all right, church 
um, children's ministry. All right. This is the hard stuff, eh? Children's ministry. I served in children's ministry, impacting and influencing young children with the Word of God. One of the spiritual battles we are facing in this generation is for the souls of our children and family unity. We teach children the Word of God using method and object lessons so that they become aware of their citizenship in the kingdom. As the scripture says, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we introduce kids to a relationship with the Holy Spirit at a young age, trusting that they will become familiar with his voice and able to obey his instruction. Imagine the stories that couple must share around the dinner table. All right, working with the youth, working with the youngsters, working and ministering into, into, into that generation. Talking about the youth, Jadam and Gavin, um, a beautiful young woman in, in, in Durban North. Uh, how old is Jaden now? 21, hey? Um, many of you might know um, Rich, uh, and uh, she's, the names have gone now. Rich and Jackie McGavin, they passed the anthem. This is, this is their daughter. Um, she works full-time in the church in different spaces, such as worship. One of the kids' church pastors serves on the ministry team, also a graphic. She's grabbed onto the fact that whatever skills God has given me are for the deployment of ministry. And so she looks actively for, how can I use my skills and my gifts to make a difference in the ministries around me? And what I love is that she's grabbed onto this work of, I try to create the best atmosphere, environment, or physical space for people to encounter God. When we carry the authority of God, when we are in proximity to someone around us, we actually change the atmosphere that they're experiencing. And that's why it goes right back to what other people have said, is that that's why people say to us, what is going on? This feels different. It's not in the natural because we carry the atmosphere of the kingdom into the spaces that we walk. And Jada knows that at the age of 21, thank God. Someone's ministered that into her. Someone's taught that into her. She's studying um, social work as well. Why is she studying it? Because she wants to get into affecting positive change through justice for those who can't do it for themselves. And then in her spare time, why not start something called ReFriends, an online platform for women to connect and grow in their walk with God as they share their experiences and learn from one another. It's about creating space. It's about creating space for people to connect. These are very practical things that we can do. Um, so well done, Jadam and Gavin, at the age of 21. <laughs> a few more examples. Many of you know Carmen Rhines. What a woman. This, she just is mind-blowing. I mean, she's a captain in the South African police force, head of the attack when distance. I oversee 42. How hard must your job be if you oversee 42 police stations in this country? That is a massive calling, all right, in Tegrini, she, regarding serious crime and getting the facts and truth to the media. All right, I am also the Etikwini District Commission's, uh, Commissioner's spokesperson. I'm also the one who understands authority and how to work under it and through it. I'm often called to pray on behalf of Etikwini District or the South African Police Service regarding crime in our communities and the protection of SAPS members and the communities we serve. She is dismantling crime through prophetic and through spiritual intervention, not the methods and the policies and the processes of the South African Police Service. She may wear the uniform. She understands that she carries that authority, but the primary authority that she walks into those scenes with is the authority of the kingdom and not of the uniform and the badge. She's why she's often used in deliverance, encouragement through the prophetic and the prayer over SAPS members, prisoners, and victims. I bring freedom, deliverance, and salvation to those God sends my way. 
I have the privilege to speak in good counsel and advice to generals, senior officers. We need to pray for Carmen in a space that's really, really desperate. And, 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 and pray that more Carmens enter into the police force as well. Well done, Carmen. All right. Two more examples before we, before we, we look at, at some of the key themes. Bron and Wynne Owen. This is a tough ministry, this. They say they've been called to restoration and reformation ministry that includes watchmen. And I think a lot of people have lost the power of prayer. Um, just the idea of watchmen over our city. I love that picture that there's watchmen, different hours, and we need to pray over our cities, the dismantling the spiritual things that go on in our, our city that are not of God, interceding, governance, unity of the church. And so they started a ministry called um, the United City Prayer for Durban. And as part of the Durban City Storm Story Movement, they've got weekly Durban Revival Reign prayer ministry of intercessors from various churches. They participate in Feet on the Street. You know that we are a part of, of, of going to some of their, their monthly prayer meetings that they host at the, um, at the NMR. Uh, Heal Our Land, Time to Rise, other ministry examples. They, they see a pattern all over the Bible that the will of God is conceived in prophecy and birthed in prayer and recognize that, that we have to push back the kingdom of darkness. And in a way, what Bron and Wynne are doing will support what Carmen is doing and what Abigail is doing, and what Abigail is doing will support what Jada is doing. We're all connected in this. It's not like our ministry is in isolation. Our minister here, and I bring the kingdom here. We've, we're a collective, making a collective impact for God. And we need to work together on this. And this is why we come back to church on Sunday, and we encourage each other to continue to step up. And then the last one, so thank you, Bron and Wynne, for what you're doing. It's incredibly, incredibly important. John and Rona, this is a CV of notes. I put this last because this is ultimately, I'd like someone to teach one day and say, Travis and Tony Gale, and then just read out the longest list, um, which I don't have because I copied it wrong. So John and Rona, let's have a look quickly. Um, yeah, all right. So worked full time from the church. Okay, we just, I'm just standing here. I don't know why I didn't copy it properly. 1st of January, 1988 to the 30th of June, 20, that's a good innings, hey? Full-time for the church. They've ministered all over the world. Outreach programs, residential shelters. What's the next slide? Uh, joined his people in Cape Town. Uh, started the first off-site congregation in Tokar. Uh, returned to South Africa in 2007, ministered in churches from New Zealand to Norway and from Canada to Australia. Next slide, because there's more. Um, today, we continue to have a number of diverse life groups in our home. Later on uh, this, this month, they're taking uh, their 15-year-old granddaughter and her mom to Malawi on mission. It's as though they're not stopping. The word retired shouldn't actually be there. They're retired from full-time church work per se, but they have not retired from advancing the kingdom on earth, and it's like they're getting younger, and they're getting more energy, and they are just continuing to steamroll this thing, and it's super inspiring. I remember when they taught here as a couple, just to be impacted so profoundly by this beautiful couple that shows us what a life long, what a, 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 a life full of ministry has looked like, and they're not bedraggled and tired and worn out and burnt out, so they're full of the fire of Christ. We can do that. And so I want you to just put up this slide here. I think what I'd like us to do is to stand and to extend our hands towards this group of people this morning um, and to just pray for them now before we, we, before we wrap up this morning. 
Father, I thank you so much for our brothers and sisters who are out there in the city doing significant work. And we pray right now that you will bless each and every one of them in the spaces that they serve and that you will continue to empower them with your Holy Spirit. And that, Father God, that you will just raise up and amplify the authority, raise up and amplify, Father God, their anointing. And I pray for this week in particular that they will see some significant shifts in the work that they are doing, that they will see some significant results in the work that they are doing, Father God. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. And so we asked them about what are some of the challenges that they face. And these are some of the things that they had to say. The things we are doing ministry as humans. Right? We, are, we, are, we are human beings on this earth. We are walking this earth as human beings, but we know that we are, 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 are spiritual beings having this human experience, but we've got to deal with the human aspect of what it means to live on, on earth, just as Jesus did when he came to earth. He came as a man. And so one of the things that we face, that they face, is spiritual battles and opposition. Expect these things when you go into ministry. Spiritual battles and opposition. The continuous confrontation with so much brokenness and need. We just have to walk outside to see decay, to see brokenness. These things confront us. They, 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 they are the reality within which we minister in. The long, slow road of change and often seeing no results. And so you get into the heart of Hebrews 11 when you look at those men and women and you start to realize just where that word comes from, that we won't see the full uh, um, completion of what, what it is that we hope for because these are some of the realities that we have to wade through. Time pressure and the busyness of everyday life, sustaining energy and emotional capacity. And many of them spoke about the lack of support. You think people get behind me with this ministry, but in actual fact, sometimes we feel so unsupported, like we're alone out here doing this work. The lack of interest and distraction from what counts. The impact on our family and our relationships. Feeling overwhelmed by one's calling and the responsibility for impact. These are people that are dynamic people doing dynamic things, but when they speak about the challenges, you can feel how raw it is to minister with God because these are the things that we have to wade through. But again, that is why we do this together. You won't feel unsupported in this church because we're a church that supports each other. Yeah. We've spoken about the busyness of life and the priorities. We, we, we teach into this stuff so often. We're here to learn and to grow and to mature in this. It isn't right that any single person should walk through this stuff on their own, but we get to walk through it with God and with each other. But every single ministry will face the adversity that these people are facing. Yeah. Don't avoid stepping into your ministry because of the expectation of these things. Step into them expecting these things, but knowing that you're empowered to deal with them. And if you're sitting back with fear and with doubt, don't. Step into it. Even though this will come, you've got what it takes to navigate it. And those experiences that will shape and, and, and support your ability to amplify even more of what it is that you're doing. Jesus has got you. In Hebrews 12, verses 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those are the men and women that we've been speaking about. These are the witnesses around us now. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, before the joy that was set before him and endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And every single person spoke about the fact that no matter the battles and the challenges that they faced, the benchmark of battling is Jesus dying on the cross. And because that is the benchmark of what Jesus went through in order to, to fulfill what he came to earth to do, so I will step into the arena no matter what it is that I face. But the beauty about Hebrews 12 too is that it has such a pertinent clue in it and that it says that we must cast away sin. What is sin? Sin is independence from God. And so when God calls us, He first calls us into righteousness and relationship. And so everything that we do, we are not called to do independently of Him. We're not called into this thing of, well, if, 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 if I don't, if, if, if I get this wrong, then, then there's going to be a negative consequence. God is outworking His, His, His purpose through us. And we get to, in righteousness and relationship with Him, partner with Him so that we can bring His kingdom to earth and that we don't understand in the moment when we are operating what He's doing in the supernatural. And so even, that, even though you may see no results or even though you may see in the flesh resistance, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the supernatural. God will use you to bring His kingdom to earth and to fulfill His purposes right now. And you don't need to doubt that at all. And so we ask them, the final question to close this thing is, how do we run this race? What are the things that we can do to step into it? And this is not out of a space of works or self-help. Because you'll see that all of the examples that they share come right back into grabbing onto this partnership with God. The first one was this, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's what Asipa said, the first point, know God, pray, worship, meditate on the Word. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. The second one was recognize that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. None of this is about you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let's put the Holy Spirit on you. Allow yourself to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Knit yourself into community. Keep your perspective eternal, the eternal rewards that we will one day walk into. Not the, the, the stuff that happens in the natural right now. Know and walk in your authority. All of the stuff given to us by God, activated in us by the Holy Spirit. And then believe that God's grace is enough. I love that one. His grace is sufficient for you. His love is sufficient for you. God will give you the grace. God's grace will empower you to do, it, to do what it is that you do. And then give thanks and remain in an attitude of gratitude. Remember how much you are loved by the Father. Count the cost. If not me, then you. Ezekiel 22.30, Jadam and Gammon were speaking about this. And I sought for a man among them who would build up the walls and stand in the breach before me for that land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. We've got to stand in those gaps. And then the last two that came through so strongly, consider how wonderfully you're made and then pause and stand in the awe, stand in awe of the fact that God partners with you to make a difference. Our future, our destiny is living in heaven, sharing stories of impact on earth. That is the reward that we get to walk towards. Not however much money you made or the possessions that you earned, whatever it is. Guys, our perspective needs to be eternal. The challenges that we walk through this week, 
are all for that moment where we get to share those stories and go, what a joy it was to partner with God on earth and to bring his kingdom to earth. And how amazing is it that he put those skills and talents inside of me so that I could make that difference. And so won't we as a church step into our ministry now, live boldly, live with courage, take everything we've learned during the series, but reach out to God and say, God, I want to be used by you because being used by you is all that counts. That is what it means to live and to feel fully, fully alive. Let's stand and, and, uh, and um, wrap this up together. Father, in this moment, I just pray that you will minister to people um, as we just come before you and spend some time in quiet. Pray that you will touch hearts here very deeply. As Gabs brought that word, that we are not disconnected from you, we are connected. Remove the lie that anybody feels disqualified, abandoned, useless, unworthy. Right now, we pray that you show them how you created them, Lord. May people feel how deeply you are smiling and how much joy is on your face. when you see them. May people know that when they wake up in the morning, the delight that you and the witnesses have as they lean in to see how we will partner with you that day. May people be given a revelation this morning of the incredible workmanship that went into making them, Lord God. May people see their uniqueness, their skills, and their talents. I rebuke every negative word spoken over people in this church from any man or woman. I rebuke every criticism that has been brought before people. I rebuke every piece of negative feedback. I rebuke any negative affirmation, Lord God, over people this morning, Lord God. We take those now and we bind them in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and we replace them, Lord God, with what your word says, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are loved, that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we are worthy, that there is no more condemnation in you, Father God, and that we get to walk in partnership with you, and that we are, we are the baton carriers right now. We are significant. We have purpose. And we are called to make a difference, Lord God. And all we need to do is just to step into it, to have faith, to have courage, and to let you do the work, Father God. You are the one that does the work through us, Father God. And for those that face opposition, may they know that that's part of the gig. We remember you on the cross, Lord God. We remember the opposition that you faced. Remember the scorn that you had, Lord God. Remember how much you were rebuked, Father God. Remember that they drove nails into your hands and into your feet and they pierced your side and they killed you, Father God. And we say as a church that we are willing to go that far. We are willing to step into that arena, Father God, that you showed us how to step into. 
You don't, as a, as a God, call us from a place of not knowing what it is like to do that, Father God. You call us from a place of intimate knowledge of what it means to do ministry here on earth, Father God. We repent for distraction. We repent for, for carnal uh, idolatry, Father God. We repent for being too wrapped up by the things of this world. And we come back to an eternal perspective, Father God. We come back to what it means to live in you, Lord God. Release. Release other people this morning, Lord. Release other people this morning, Father God. Empower people this morning, Father God. Father, I want to thank you for the deposit that you placed in us. And Lord, we choose today to be those who hear your word and obey it. And I release over your sons and your daughters this morning great courage to step into what you have called them, prompted them, and spoken to them about. We receive the empowerment of your spirit to do what you have created us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at emdurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.